everybody, welcome to another episode of Hey, That's Odd. I threw in the hey there. It's If you're going to look for it, it's just That's Odd. I'm sorry <laughs> to confuse you already. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Townsend. With me, as always, is the try not to be sick, oh, Christopher Chavez. Too late. I was already sick, and I'm just getting out of it now. Hopefully, hopefully. last time it hit me, I remember I got sick, and, and like I was sick for two or three days. I thought I yeah. was feeling better, and then like two days after that, I was sick again. So I feel like I feel like last month you were sick for like half the month. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what it felt like. like. It was like between yeah. November and December, all the crazy and, and our weather changing here in western New York is insane. Like one day it's in the forties, fifties. The next day we're literally in negative weather. We had crazy yeah. snow over the past like day and a half now. So out uh Layla, our little our dog, and she's not little, she's a uh pit bull black lab mix, but she went running out the back door. And uh, it's all the way up to her chest. Wow. Yeah. yeah so it's a lot of snow. Yeah. We got yeah. a lot of snow overnight and we're in the negatives today. I think the high, the low today is negative two. And right now it's eight feels like negative 11. Yeah. I think just a couple of weeks ago we had one day where it was close to 60 degrees and it was amazing. And then today it's uh, the low is going to get down into the teens. So, uh, which is cold for us, dude, <laughs> that's very cold. But yeah, it's the winter, man. That's what the winter does. I I'm guess. gonna need a what, what was it that Luke Skywalker p- put himself inside of a a, a, a tauntaun? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what Han Solo threw him in. I'm gonna look outside yeah. and and see those <laughs> guys just r- running across the yard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking freezing out here, dude. It's insane. Yeah, cold, cold, cold. Uh, yeah, that's sir. why I like that's why I like the spring. That's my favorite time of the year, springtime. See, I like that transition from summer into fall. I like that one too. Those are my two. I don't like summer because it's too hot, and yeah. I don't like winter because it's too cold. Spring so, so here I like is the, too wet. Like it's too muddy. Yeah, I'm the Goldilocks of weather. Uh, <laughs> I want it to be just right. <laughs> and where you are, that's where spring is just right. Yes, yes, it's beautiful here in the spring, uh, and the fall is pretty awesome too. Uh, so, Chris, uh, we we brought in a new segment last. That's odd. Yep. And we're calling it Now That's Odd. Yes, because we want to look for weird, odd pieces of news that are happening now, as close to present as possible to our recordings. Um, But yeah, so Now That's Odd will be kind of like a current creeps that History Creeps has. All right. uh, Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So the headline, this is on HuffPost. Uh, The headline reads, (laughs) all right, here's the headline. Uh, See if I can get through this as serious as possible. Man hospitalized, because that's terrible, right? I mean, nobody wants to go to the hospital. Man hospitalized after injecting own semen to treat back pain. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) (laughs) What? What makes you... I don't... (laughs) What is his line of thinking? I really want to hear this. That's what I want to know. All right, here we go. All right, strap in, folks. A new study published in the Irish Medical Journal, so that's a that's a sounds pretty major there. Yeah, uh, recounts the case of a 33 year old man who was put in the hospital after repeated repeatedly that's the key word here. He didn't do this just once, repeatedly injecting himself with semen to relieve chronic back pain. Uh, <laughs> here's a great quote right here from uh, this is from uh, this is what a doctors in Dublin wrote on, <laughs> on the case study. This is their uh, this is their exact quote. <laughs> This is the first reported case of semen injection for use as a medical treatment. <laughs> I would hope so. What the... Good God. That's just a great... That's one of the greatest quotes I've ever read. 
the man's ho- uh, handmade remedy was reportedly discovered when he showed up at a doctor's office complaining of severe back pain. While ex- examining the patient, a physician noticed the man's right arm appeared swollen and inflamed. The explanation the man gave was one the doctor never expected. <laughs> the patient disclosed that he had he had injected into his vein his own semen <laughs> as an innovative method to treat back pain. That's just insane. He had devised there's here's another great cure, uh, quote. He had devised this quote unquote cure independent of any medical advice. <laughs> So yeah, think? they want to make sure that they want to make sure people know that no, no doctor told him to do this. What the man that? reportedly said he had purchased a, a hypodermic needle online and had been injecting himself once a month for the past eighteen months. Oh my god! Before visiting the doctor, he said he he hurt his lower back while lifting a heavy object and gave himself three doses. <laughs> this is. So he waits a month for each dose. Does that mean he's collecting it over that entire month? Because that's <laughs> disgusting, dude. It's probably fresh every time. Oh I would my say. god! <laughs> the semen reportedly entered the man's blood vessels and muscles. An X-ray revealed air traps beneath the man's skin, and he was immediately hospitalized. Uh, doctors treated the man with uh, intravenous. This is going to be tough for me. Uh, antimicrobial i believe i nailed that therapy <laughs> his back pain reportedly went away and he discharged himself without ha- without having That's the disgusting. affected area drained he discharged himself <laughs> he's been doing that once a month uh, <laughs> right the reports uh, the reports doctors conducted a comprehensive review of medical literature and were unable to find any other cases of this happening that's insane dude I, i've this never <laughs> heard of anything like that in my entire life they do leave you i want to leave you with some advice that's in this article <laughs> uh the study concludes with a warning that medical experimentation is dangerous and it's risky for untrained individuals to inject themselves with substances not intended uh for that type of use oh my god so in other words don't don't uh don't put your semen in yourself people yeah the more you know right yeah. <laughs> PSA right. from that's odd. Yeah. Good God, that's one of the this is one of the most fun articles I'd ever read. Whatever, when I saw that. That is really insane, dude. That is the craziest. So this is actually crazy too. Uh, this comes out uh, January seventeenth, so just a few days before this recording. This is on NPR. Headline reads: Police seek volunteers to drink to excess. So, yeah, get drunk on the local police department's dime? Sound unbelievable? One Pennsylvania police department is giving three lucky volunteers the chance to help train officers in field sobriety tests by drinking a lot. Don't bother applying, though. The Cutstown Borough Police Department posted the Facebook request on Wednesday and was flooded with eager volunteers. On Thursday, the department made it clear that this was a limited-time offer. We have an overwhelming response for this, reads a comment by the Cutstown police. And at this point, we have enough volunteers. The department set a few stipulations when it made the original request. Participants for the training exercise have to be in good health, a clean criminal record, and no history of drug or alcohol abuse. They have to yeah. sign a waiver. They, they need to be so have. Oh, I'm sorry. They need a sober companion prepared to take care of them afterwards. And of course, they have to be, quote, Willing to drink hard liquor to the point of inebriation. 
To, <laughs> to say this town responded enthusiastically to the inquiry would be an understatement. The post was shared more than 1,400 times by Thursday night, and hundreds of people left comments, all for the, a borough with a population over just uh, 5,000. That's uh, that's insane, dude. One commenter asked, yeah. is there a spectator area? <laughs> and then another said, will this count as credit for my community service? Uh, this is insane, <laughs> dude. Like, what would, would you... Uh, now, I know you said before that you don't drink more anymore, but when you did, doesn't this seem like a dream? The police are like, oh, gosh. we would love you to do this. Please come do this and yeah. help us out. When I was in my 20s, this would be like a dream come true, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like this sounds like a great idea, and I don't have to pay for it. That's even better. Oh my you know? god! And then like, what, what do they do? A couple of sh- you know shots. Then they do a field sobriety test. Test that. Go back in. Do a couple more. Yeah, you know what though? It kind of makes sense in a way because I mean, that, the best type of training is on the job training. So yeah, right. And then what? Like, do the do the police also foot the bill for the munchies you get after you're all drunk and want to eat? You know that drunk <laughs> cheeseburger at two in the morning, oh, yeah. or that drunk whole cheese pie? Oh, I definitely do. I definitely do. <laughs> that's that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, dude, our our, uh, our country is definitely odd when you look at these kinds of news stories. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent. I think yours takes the cake, though. Yours definitely wins this episode. That is the most. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. I, I don't know if I've ever read anything <laughs> like I, I. I'm like you. I want to know. What, because the, the article never says, and I'm assuming the guy never said, but what made him come up with this idea? Oh, man. I don't you know? know. Like, what makes you think, my back hurts? Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Let me try this. I saw yeah, it I once. Was... No, I didn't. I read it once. No, I didn't. I heard about yeah. it. No, I didn't. I'm going to invent it. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> God. I really want to. The guy had to be drunk the first time he thought of it, dude. Had to be. But then he kept doing it, though. Oh, he did God. it for months, months and months. Well, he was already wasted, so he didn't feel the pain anymore. So he's like, it must have worked. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Was it kind of working at first? Oh, God. You know what's going to happen is like the big pharmacology, ph- pharmaceutical industry is going to be <laughs> pumping out this new syringe of, of you know, yeah, instant out, pain. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Great choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> oh man. man all right let's let's move into that's odd chris yeah let's do it uh i'm gonna start it first because mine's a little darker i know we said we we're gonna try to stay away from a lot of the dark stuff uh and the main story behind the idea of my my that's odd today is the dark part of it the why i find it odd though is not what it's what's what's the dark part so let me ask you something johnny have you ever noticed that there are certain songs out there, when you listen to them, they have such an upbeat rhythm. They get you to tap your feet. You know, the singing is yeah. very happy. And so you kind of sing along and you start learning the, the words and, and you sing along. But it's one of those things like you learn the words, but you're not really grasping the words. You're just learning it so that you could sing along to the happiness that is enveloping your ears. Right. Yeah. Yes, uh, a lot of CCR songs are like yes, this. yes. So when yeah. you even poppy songs, but like these songs, when you listen to them, have you ever gone back to ones where you're just like, oh, I love that song. This is so nostalgic of my upbringing or my childhood or you know my formative years. You go back to it and you start actually looking at the lyrics, and you're just like, holy crap, this is a dark effing song. Yes, uh, CCR. The reason I said that 
I remember when I was a kid and I really got into that band. That's like the first classic rock band that I ever got into. Yeah. And that Bad Moon that Bad Moon Rising song I always loved. I was like, man, oh, yeah. it just really gets me pumped. I feel pumped listening to this song. <laughs> what a fun song. And then I started learning the words and I started singing along. And then I really started reading the words. And I was like, this whole song just about doom. <laughs> yeah. Basically. It's pretty dark. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, dude, there, throughout our modern history, that many of our pop songs are like that. Uh, so I'm going to name some of these songs. You tell me if you've heard of them, okay? okay. Uh, so the first one is a little song that was uh, super famous in the mid to late 90s, uh, and it generated a specific dance. It was called Macarena. Do you know this song? I do, of course. Do you know what the song's about? Uh, all I remember is everybody do the Macarena, yeah. and they kind of talk like that. The yeah. entire song is about this girl who decides she wants to sleep around on her boyfriend who's serving in the military. So while he's off fighting for the country, putting his life on the line, she decides she's going to sleep around basically with everyone in town. Oh, okay. So when you're doing that dance, just remember that's what's going on when you're swiveling your hips and hopping to your right. That dance was honestly very huge, too. That song was huge when I was like in oh, fifth grade, oh, I believe. Oh, heck yeah, dude. It was a monster, yeah. monster hit. Uh, there's another song that you might know by The Boss called Born in the USA. Yes, so, of course, Springsteen. Again, it sounds like an awesome, patriotic type of song. Uh, if you listen to it, it's actually about a Vietnam vet who returns home and can't find work and is basically treated the way we know Vietnam vets were treated when they first returned. They weren't treated very well, man. People were spit on. Oh yeah, uh, things were yes. thrown at them. You know, it, people wouldn't hire them because they killed even children. even even now. I mean, stories are going around now of just uh, veterans being mistreated pretty terribly. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, so it makes but, you mad. But you hear that kind of song, and you're just like, "Let's go USA!" Right? It's a song that you play at the beginning of a football game, or yeah, you know, yeah, that's not what. It's well, about. just well, just the lyric "Born in the USA" that just makes you feel, "Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yes," and that's the only part you actually pay attention to at first. Exactly. Uh, have you ever heard of a song called Build Me Up Buttercup? Oh, man. Why does this sound familiar? Why is it like a really old? You build me up, build me up, Buttercup, baby, just to let me down. You ever hear yeah, that it's one? Yeah, it's an old, old yeah, song. Yeah, older, right? older song. Yeah. So that song yeah. seems very, like, kind of happy, uh, you know, uh, romantic. Everybody sings along to it. It's one of these songs, like, when a, it's on a bar and everybody knows it. They all sing along. Um, yeah. Yeah, the song is actually about infidelity and this guy who's like being treated by like crap by his girlfriend. Like he loves her and wants to be built up by her. Like she he wants her to look at him like, you know, like he's this great guy and she just trashes him and puts him down and doesn't love him, you know what I mean? And he just wants yeah. her to love him so that she won't break his heart. Man, this sounds like any relationship I had in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> uh is talking about infidelity, escape. The Pina Colada song is basically just a dude putting out an ad in the paper trying to have an affair on his wife and his wife answering that ad because she wants to have an affair on her husband and they end up meeting and realizing it's each other. But dude, the intent behind the, the song, are you kidding? And people love it. They all sing along like it's a tropical, <laughs> yeah. have a drink, <laughs> sit by the pool with your friends and have a good time song. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. You ever hear the song "Semi Charm uh, Semi Charm Life" by? Uh, oh, oh, heck yes! Yeah, so so that was big when we were uh, when I was a a, it, a fledging teenager. It's such a, a happy sounding song. Yeah. there's a do 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 throughout the entire oh, yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, but when you listen to the lyrics, it's about him and his girlfriend doing crystal meth, getting completely wasted out, and and being strung out on this drug and losing basically their lives to it. You know, everything goes to crap because of this. 
the song's about crystal meth. <laughs> well, yeah. Didn't know if you Man, knew I that remember one. loving that song too. Uh, how about the song called Hey Ya? Is but, that like an outcast song? Outcast, yeah, hey ya. Yeah. So the song's very happy. It's super dancey too. This is one of those songs oh, yeah. where people dance around to it. There's a whole breakdown where Andre three thousand's telling people to shake you know, shake it like a Polaroid picture. Yes. Uh, the whole song's about the, the the breaking up of a of a love. Like two people who were in love at one point and are now breaking up and she's walking out on him. Oh man, but you gotta shake it like a Polaroid yeah, picture though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have one more before we move on to the main story here. Uh, do you know a song called Pumped Up Kicks? It was big a few years ago. I already know where you're going with this one because this one I've heard about. Yeah. Yes, this one is about school shootings. One of these yes. kids that just kind of loses it, uh, brings a gun to school, and just blows all the kids away. And the, the song, the, the, the chorus is literally telling you, all these kids with these pumped up kicks, you better run for your life, basically. Start running. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, it's a very... Uh, I remember when I first heard that song, I was like, man, I really like this song a lot. Like, I liked how it sounded. And then I just <laughs> figured out the lyrics one day, and I was like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, This dude. is a crazy dark song. Yeah. And this is just a small sampling of some of the uh, music that has been, I mean, you could go all the way back to the early days of music. The blues, you know, there are happy, dancey blues songs that are more upbeat, but the, the content is super dark. Uh, yeah, blues know, is a great example. There's a lot of blues songs because when you hear the blues, I mean, I mean, the, the, the name of the the genre should give you yeah. a clue. Yeah, but, but even but if they sound upbeat. way happier than what they're talking about or yeah. singing about. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so the the idea behind what I wanted to talk about today, and this is why it's darker, is because there's a song that came out uh, in 1995 by the band Filter. Do you know the band Filter? They sang. The yeah. Song. Hey man, nice shot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's actually the song I want to talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that one. Do you know what it's based on? What it's actually written about? Uh, I don't I don't know. I first found that song because uh, it was on some soundtrack that I had for Gran Turismo or something like okay. that. So there's a lot of yeah. confu- there's a lot of mis uh misinterpretation here. The song came out in nineteen ninety five. In nineteen ninety four, uh Nirvana's lead singer Kurt Cobain committed suicide uh by blasting his head off with a shotgun. So a right. lot of people thought that this song was about that. And it actually wasn't. But it was written about a real life suicide. It was written about um, uh, uh, a a politician by the name of Robert Bud Dwyer. He was. Oh, I know where this. I know this. Yes, at the time yes. of his suicide, he was the thirtieth state treasurer of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. He had originally been, um, I believe, he he was uh, elected to the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, um, and then he ended up becoming a senator. And then he decided, after the senatorship, uh, like in around seventy eight, nineteen eighty, he ran for state office, and he ended up winning the Pennsylvania treasurer. Uh, that had been held by a previous guy since uh, about four or five years before. Um, he ran for a second term and won on the re-election. So there's a, a story that goes along with this. During the early, I'm going to take this little piece off of Wikipedia just because it's it's exactly what happened. Uh, during the early 1980s, public employees of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania overpaid millions of dollars in FICA taxes. Uh, as a result, the state solicited bids from accounting firms to determine refunds for its employees. So basically, all these employees pay too much into their taxes. Now the state had all this money, like a lot of freaking money. You're talking about millions of dollars that they had to pay back to their employees. But it had to be refunded the right way. And they wanted to hire an accounting firm, an outside accounting firm the state wanted to do it the right way. So there was no question as to it being fair or not. Uh, so all these accounting firms started applying for it. 
and the contract was eventually awarded to Computer Technology Associates, a California-based firm owned by John Torquato Jr., a native of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, it says later that Pennsylvania Governor Dick Thornburg received an anonymous memo detailing allegations of bribery that took place during the bidding process for four, the $4.6 million contract. So not only did they have all this money to pay back to their employees, the accounting firm that won this bid, the, the, the right to do this for them, was going to be paid $4.6 million for it. So an investigation was undertaken by federal prosecutors. And it was found that Dwyer, uh, Bud Dwyer, was charged with agreeing to receive kickbacks worth $300,000 in return for, his, uh, for using his office to steer the contract toward the CTA. So basically, this John uh, guy, who was from Harrisburg, uh, Pennsylvania, owned this company, CTA, and he put in a bid for it. And he sent people to meet with Dwyer about it, and they bribed him. They said, look, if you do this, we'll make sure no questions asked, untraceable, you're going to get $300,000 for this. He said, sure, I'll do it. Uh, when the investigation went underway, they ended up like confiscating all kinds of computers and stuff. And they found on one of the computer tapes from this CTA company, it was like coded in there um, that he was going to be receiving this payoff. That's in, in their computer coding with all this accounting information. I, can't, I, I couldn't even tell you about it. I'm not an accountant. But uh, so he went to trial for it. And throughout the entire trial, he continued to say he was innocent, that he never met with these people. But all of the different people in the play that the state was using as witnesses said, yeah, he did. And all of their 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 confessions basically matched up. Everything they said happened, happened, um, it all, all matched up. Uh, Dwyer's was the only one that didn't match what they were all saying. So he was convicted and was going to be uh, spending five years in prison. So the day before he ends up going to prison, he holds a press conference because they told him, look, uh, I'm sorry, no, it was actually going to be a lot bigger. It was going to be a longer sentence, but they said that if you step down as the treasurer, you relinquish your seat, uh, they would only charge him on like one count of bribery and, and something something like that. And then he would only be have to serve five years. That's it. Not as long as he thought, but he would have to work with the state. So he met with people overnight and he said he, he wants to hold a press conference the day before he's, he's sentenced. And they expected him to step down from the seat and uh, basically, you know, say that he did do it and then he would only have to serve the five years. So he holds this press conference. It's got a lot of press in there. A lot of people from the government are there to watch. And he starts going on this, this huge statement. And, and everybody has the statement that he's going to make. It was given out ahead of time. So he's reading it saying, you know, basically how crazy it is, how problematic the criminal justice system was, how everything was wrong. I'm talking about this is 21 pages. He goes about 30 minutes, and then about halfway into it, um, people started getting up and leaving. So he just said, you know what? Those of you who are putting away your cameras, I think you ought to stay because we're not, we're not finished yet. So he, he gets down to this one part where he's supposed to start reading that he's given up his seat, and then they realize that that's not what it says. Like what it's saying now is that he's saying he's innocent. He never did this. He never would have done this. You know, to a maximum year, a sentence of 55 Years in prison uh, is insane. This kind of stuff, uh, and he start. They start passing out this enclosed um, yellow Manila envelopes. He starts passing them out to people, and he's saying to please open it after the fact. And and what they contain is a letters to his wife and, and kids, letters to different piece, parts of the government, um, and they're basically saying what he just did, what he's about to do. He goes back up to the podium, pulls out another Manila envelope, and out of that he pulls out a gun, and people just start like freaking out. 
And he tells people, like he literally takes the time and he says, no, don't come near me. This will hurt people. Please don't come near me. And he also says, you know, if anyone's faint, if anyone you think you're not able to stomach this or even mentally handle it, please leave the room. And then he ends up putting the gun in his mouth and pulling the trigger, kills himself instantly. There's like five news cameras in the room at that time, and they all film the entire thing. And it ends up being shown on Pennsylvania TV, like midday afternoon news. Like it was insane. People saw this. Uh, but it's this this moment in history, the t- this time when this guy who and, – and it came out later. Let me, let me make sure I say this. It does come out later, though, that he was – he was, you know, he was in the wrong. He did do this. He was guilty. Like everything, the person who offered the bribes still stood behind what he said. And he felt bad that he had, that he even took part in it because he felt like his part in offering the bribe played a part in his death. You know what I mean? Yeah. But all of this still yeah. came out. So he was found guilty. But the, this one moment in time when this politician who decided he wanted to be greedy set off in motion uh, all these events that at the end would be an untimely, sad, and tragic death ends up becoming a, a pop culture song that people listen to it and sing along. And this these songs like Hey Man, Nice Shot, they get played at hockey games when a guy hits a goal. You know what I mean? They yeah. it's 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 crazy. And when you really think about what the song's about, to me, it's just it's an odd thing how taking such dark content and putting it in a different kind of, I don't know, like flowery like rap, you can totally hide what's happening there for real. You know what I mean? To me that's odd. Yeah, the the sound of the, the actual sound of music, like does it sound happy? Does it sound sad? Does it sound dramatic? That will help affect the mood no matter what. Yeah. Uh no matter what the lyrics are, really. Uh well, we're going to go from that and that was dark. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Uh, yeah. I definitely know that um I I I think you can actually I don't recommend it and I Yeah, I don't. That's why it. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, uh, you can't find that if you're so inclined oh, to do it. Yeah, because no. it was live on TV. Yeah, don't. Do I it. didn't watch it because it's not for me. I saw uh, it I when I was in my it. younger days. Back in my younger days, I was very much into weird, like, like I don't know. I was that kid that watched those Faces of Death videos, not because I was like enraptured by it, but I just I had this feeling of like I just wanted to see it. I wanted to see if it was real, and then you know what I mean. It's weird. Uh, so yeah. back in the back in the you know my twenties uh internet heyday and it's like oh this is available let's look for it you know what i mean and you and your friends are sitting around uh yeah no i wouldn't i honestly would say please don't <laughs> yeah yeah uh well we're gonna go uh to the uk chris Ooh, all right mate. There's a... oh that's <laughs> that's perfect down under sorry perfect perfect okay <laughs> <laughs> to a, a young man named christopher chandler he was about 20 years old uh, in the early 2000s, uh, around 2002 in July, so the summer of 2002, uh, he went drinking with a friend near London. Uh, after, uh, you know, they had a fun night, of course, when you're, uh, the drinking age there, I believe, was younger than here. Yeah, I think it's 18, 18 or yeah. something like that. Or is it one of those places where if you can reach the bar, you can drink? It might be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that might still be Australia for all we know. Oh, I might. Uh, but yeah, so he goes drinking with a friend, right? He's in his early 20s. Makes sense. That's what we all kind of did when we were that age. Uh, he, had a, he was having a good time. But then it was time to go home. Uh, as he was way, on his way home, uh, he was apparently still obviously a little drunk. And he would crash his car down an embankment, Oof. right? All right. And now uh, it seemed like it was a pretty bad crash. The car couldn't move again. 
but he was able to climb out of his car somehow. Uh, but he was so weak from the injuries that he had that he couldn't climb up the hill that he just went down. Ugh. So and it's uh, snowy, so that doesn't help. Is it snowy? Oh, is that what you said? Or just, just an embankment? It's an embankment. I guess yeah. I just got snow on the brain because it's so snowy here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if there's snow in uh, in the in near London in O two uh, in July. I don't know. Oh, July, uh, July. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, if it was Australia, so, though. <laughs> It'd be winter. Kangaroos, mate. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, his bro- his brother would go on to report him missing, of course. Uh, but the police and anybody searching for him didn't find him. Uh, so that was in July of 2002. That's important to remember. We're going to fast forward some months ahead to December 11th. Now there might have been snow, Chris. 2002. So, uh, you know, like six months later. Uh, two motorists call the police. Uh, they, the, the police answer are like, yeah, sure. What, what's, what's the haps here? I'm sure it's exactly how they talk to, uh, and the, the motor is two different motorists. Now remember this, they go say, Hey, yeah, we just saw this car go off the road. Uh, we, uh, we, you should probably get some help over here. They went down this embankment. They saw the headlights and everything it was late. It was later at night. And so of course they send off some emergency people. The police begin searching for this. But there were no signs of any car going off the road. Like huh. they didn't see any screech marks. Uh, they didn't see like you know. Usually, if a car goes off the road, you can at least there's some signs that that's happened, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the shrubbery or something looks different, or whatever may be the case. Well, you if it's a any kind of earthy embankment, you should see tire tracks in the dirt or something that yeah. t- you know breaks up the land. Yeah. Uh, example. Uh, when I was younger, I had a Ford Mustang, and I was very proud of this car. Ooh, nice. And uh, and I was coming around a curve after it just kind of rained. And this is when I was in my early 20s, so, you know, I felt I was invincible here. And uh, I was probably going too fast. I don't feel I was going super over the speed limit, but it's been forever. But I lost control. Uh, my car spun out. Hit. Uh, if it wouldn't have hit this log that happened, it was this tree that had fallen over. I would have went down the embankment; would have been way worse. Ugh. But luckily, I hit this log and actually stopped me from doing that. Very lucky. Uh, but anyway, my point is, like even a month later, I could I could still see where I had done that because this was a road I went went by a lot. It's like PTSD, you, know? you have flashbacks <laughs> driving yes. by. It was very scary. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, uh, but like when you go by it again, I can still see for like it. I mean, weeks till maybe a month later, like the screech marks my tires made to the uh, uh, the actual when I hit the grass and the, the you know my tires are dug into the grass to 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 the tree actually hit. Like I could still see there's still signs that something didn't happen there. Yeah, it was very easy to see, but the police don't see anything when they're searching for this car that had just went down the embankment. They can't find anything, uh, but they keep searching. And as they're searching, they see this uh, this gr- this buildup of of undergrowth. Like there's grass and there's you know there's uh, moss and stuff starting to grow. And they're like, "What's this?" And then they look underneath it and they find a wrecked car. Uh, this car, uh, but it had been there for a while. It seemed, huh? Uh, it had been wrecked there for a while, and nobody had ever seen it because it's down the embankment. And it's uh you know and it's starting to get covered up with the uh, with the woods and such or whatever. Yeah. There. And then they also found the body of Christopher Chandler. He had crawled out of his car and was trying to crawl up the embankment and just never made it. And so like wow this is this is weird. 
So how did the, Chris, I want to ask you this. How did these motorists uh, know that that car was down there unless they saw uh, what might have been like a, some sort of ghost type thing? Yeah, weird, huh? It's like a ghost car crash. How long was it? It was about six months? Yeah, six months later. Is that enough yeah. time to really like, I don't know. How long did you say it was where you would still see it? When you saw you drove by your your uh, oh your, it was like maybe like uh, maybe a month or two at most yeah, yeah so I wonder if but but still on that that first go around nobody saw it. did anybody go around that when when did they go out well when they originally his brother originally reported reported him missing just like maybe a day after he was missing uh huh back in July and they just never found him they looked everywhere they went up and down uh, that road did they go by the road and see nothing well see that's the thing I don't even know if they would even know he was on that road I have no idea ah. Uh. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, just because he's in one area drinking doesn't mean he frequents that area. Yeah, anymore. and I'm also wondering how fast the growth was, like what kind of growth that was. But that is kind of odd, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, whenever you crash, if you if you throw your car into somewhere and it's just a lot of growth there to start with, it's really easy for it to still cover it right back up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so apparently what had happened is this guy crashed and sadly passed away in July. And then some motorists were driving around that same area six months later and witnessed what I guess might have been the like a ghost type yeah. thing happening where they saw a ghost car wreck and do the same thing. Wow. Uh, and here's a little fun. Well, I don't want to say fun, but here's an interesting side note that I also found out because I not only look, you know, I when I try to look into these, I look at many different uh, sources. Yeah. And his in his town, the guy's town's uh, newspaper had written about this. They put out an article that was like about the anniversary of the quote unquote ghost car. And they were talking about this guy, this guy. And, uh, he was also happened to be wanted by the police for robbery. What the? <laughs> yes. That just comes so out of nowhere. <laughs> they put that at the end of the article too. And I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> Interesting dude. That's crazy, man. Yeah. The so ghost uh, of the car wreck robber. Yeah, and now uh, there have been a couple of times where I've heard about ghost cars. Yes, uh, there's like a really famous one that's on video where this police officer's oh, chasing yeah. this guy, and his car somehow goes through a fence. Yep, uh, which isn't broken. Yeah, yeah, which isn't broken. So that's a very famous video that's out there. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of uh, ghost trains lore. Oh yeah, is out there. Oh yeah. So the, this this is nothing new. But what's interesting is that it actually led to people finding this guy's remains. So maybe it was a way of, uh, you know, of his spirit trying to get itself some rest. Yeah, I, guess. I don't yeah. know. That's what they say, right? The ones that you see yeah. roaming are looking for rest or, or looking to make things right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Dude, that's pretty odd. That's very odd. So uh, that's the story of Christopher Chandler. Man, what a what a wild one. What a wild ride. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Chris, uh, that's been that's odd this week. Nice. Yeah. I'm good we to go, it. man. I'm uh, just going to go blow my nose and then uh, try not to submit to hypothermia. That's good. That's two good <laughs> two good things to do on your to-do list today. <laughs> so for uh, Christopher Chavez, I am Johnny Townsend. I'll just, I mean, I don't even have to, but I'll go blow my nose too out of friendship and in unison. Uh, and also, I invite all of you listeners out there to just, you know, stay, how do they say, odd? 